Hey, Nelson, alcoholic addict. That's not my real name. It's a pen name that I use here at LOL Sober. But I am definitely an alcoholic and an addict, that's for sure. Quick programming note, I'm writing and recording this entry on November 9th, 2022, which means you're probably reading it on November 10th, and November 10th is my anniversary. Hopefully, as you read this, I'll go on a, another 24 hours without a drink or a drug, but I haven't yet, so I have an interesting post about anniversaries for next week, but I did not want to talk about my 14-year anniversary when I actually had 13.99 years sober. Uh, so just for today, I do not have 14 years. I have 13.99. So tune in next week and we'll talk about it. I did want to just put it out there because I think I think anniversaries help people. I think it uh, it's a little bit of a um, round of applause for the hard work we do. So uh, coming up next week for today... Uh, I was recently talking about step three with a guy I really respect, and he mentioned how important the actor's scenario is in the big book. And I've read the actor's scenario 50 times, maybe 100 times. It's uh, I don't remember the exact page numbers. It's right around like page 59, 60, 61, something like that. Um, read it a lot, but I never studied it. I always nodded along and cruised right through it. I, really, I liked it. Um, it made enough of an impact on me that I knew exactly what he was referring to when he said the actor scenario in the big book, but I never spent a lot of time really considering it. And on the surface, um, it's a pretty obvious metaphor for the way we try to manage our lives using an actor uh, who wants to run the, sh the whole show as an example. And it stays on that example for a while about how an actor who wants to dictate every line reading, every stage directing every way that a viewer interprets the show, and on and on and on. Um, and it's a pretty pretty straightforward comparison with managing every single aspect of your life. But I've read it a couple times lately after he had um, pointed me towards it, and upon further inspection, holy crap, it's, it's much bigger than that. I, I actually feel like I should read it every day. It's so valuable because it's a perfect description of something that trips up so many alcoholics no matter how much sober time you have. It's presumably aimed at somebody who is still active in addiction and framed around a drinking specifically. But um, the section really applies to me. It applies to me when I was drinking, when I had two weeks sober, when I had two months sober, two years, ten years um, it just applies, and it's ostensibly about turning your will and your life over to the care of a higher power, which is the third step. But upon rereading it, I interpreted it less as pushing you to pick a higher power and more about pushing you to realize that you're not it, okay? Like, maybe you can't figure out exactly who your God is. Just, it's not you, and bro. Sorry, you're great, but... <laughs> Um, so it's not about filling the void in leadership, but it's more about establishing that there is a void in leadership. You can't be it. Um, most people, including me, get hung up on the magnitude of that kind of God conversation. It feels so big. I have to pick a God? Oh, man. Which one do I pick? It's Oh, this is everything. And I get that. Almost everybody you know, almost everybody would agree that they can't be their own higher power on the surface anyway, but it's it's the next few levels of that internal dialogue that have really resonated with me. I get hung up almost every day on 
being the CEO of my company, the mayor of my town, the president of 12-step meetings, etc. Just, I mean, just think about all the times every day where you might say or think, oh man, they're doing it. They're doing it wrong. They should be doing it this way. I do that more than I thought I did. And it's, it adds up a lot of little ticky-tacky resentments and bad feelings and bad vibes and um, I'll give you an example from a few years ago. I used to attend a meeting that had an annual anniversary party for itself. Basically, the meeting was a little bit longer uh, once a year, and it celebrated the meeting itself, turning 20, 21 years old, 22 years old, and so on. Um, and it was a long-running meeting in New York City. And at the meeting every week leading up to it, the chairperson would pass the basket to collect money like we did it at like, – you do it every meeting, collect money for the seventh tradition, which states every meeting ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. It's how we keep the lights on. Um, but for the month leading up to the anniversary celebration, they would pass the basket a second time and they would announce it. It wasn't like a surprise to anybody, but I was outraged and I started an anti-celebration campaign for the following year, um, the first year was already happening. So I was like, what is this? And then I, it bothered me. And I, I thought you shouldn't pass the basket twice that if you want to have an anniversary party, awesome, discuss it at the business meeting. And if there's enough money in that regular funds, uh, and the group votes for it, then have at it, have a big party. Um, one thing I love about 12-step programs is that, in my experience, they don't push very hard for money. And they, they, ev everything I've ever seen, the funds are used appropriately for rent and books and anniversary coins if, and, and other essential stuff. Anything left over usually gets kicked up to area, district, and world groups. And this felt a little off to me. This felt like we were, we were milking it a little bit with people and... So I went to that first year's anniversary party, and it was very fun, I got to say. I, it was good to see, good to hear a lot of people who've been at that meeting over the years and its impact. I even volunteered to pick up the food and deliver it to the meeting. And there were so many success stories that day that had started in that room. And, and I, I began to see how important the meeting had been over the years. However, I had completely dug in. I was the actor managing the show. And I still thought we shouldn't pass the basket a second time the following year. So for eight months or however long it was till we started to vote on the party again, I advocated on behalf of not passing the basket around a second time. And if we didn't have any extra money, sorry, no extra, no special party. Um, at the business meeting, when it got voted on, I got trounced. <laughs> Nobody agreed. The vote was like 15 to 1 with a few abstains from the group and um, people there, they wanted the party and they didn't object to rounding up funds by passing the basket twice. And I took defeat about as badly as I usually do, which is pretty badly. Uh, but somebody grabbed me afterward and said they thought I had made an admirable, principled stand that many people in recovery would probably agree with. But the group conscience for this specific group was different and I needed to accept that. We took a vote, very democratic. I saw their hands go up. There was no miscounting of votes. Uh, everybody wanted it except for me. And so I haggled a little bit with the guy, and um, eventually he put his hand on my shoulder gently, and he, he goes, uh, 
hey, last time I checked, nobody had voted you president of sobriety, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess. I had to laugh. He was right. Was I president of sobriety? No. Should I be? Yes, absolutely. Obviously. Obviously, I'm president. Uh, <laughs> uh, was I an actor trying to manage every millimeter of the show? Yeah, I was. But um, my le lesson learned, though, like I said, I should probably read the actor scenario once a day because I still elect myself president of whatever room I'm in sometimes. Uh, so, hey, thank you so much for letting me share.